Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 145 of the podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I am giving my best eight teams in the NBA right now. I'm doing this right now because as I speak and am recording this podcast, we are in the all-star break. So I have an assessment of how I feel about these teams. You might feel differently, but this is my official ranking of the best eight teams in the NBA right now. And before I give those teams the best eight right now, I want to talk about the teams that just barely missed making this list. And the two teams that I think are going to make waves in the NBA postseason that didn't make this list are the Miami Heat and the Dallas Mavericks. For the Heat, they are coming off a trip to the NBA Finals, and they have this veteran core of Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, and Andre Iguodala mixed with this young nucleus that includes Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and Duncan Robinson. And I just think they are going to put it together at some point this season. Right now, they are the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference at 18 and 18. And I think there's a chance they can make huge waves in the postseason yet again and make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just believe in Jimmy Butler. He's missed some time due to COVID. Avery Bradley's missed time. They have. And I also think there's a chance Pat Riley is going to pull off a big move at the trade deadline. Look out for the Miami Heat. And for my Western Conference team that didn't make this list, it's the Dallas Mavericks. They have Luka Doncic. They have Kristaps Porzingis, who's missed a lot of time so far this season. I just believe in Doncic so much that I think if he makes the postseason, which I think he will, he can win a round or two because he's that good at the game of basketball. And one thing that these two teams have in common is that they are both coached by two of the best head coaches in the NBA. Eric Spolster, who's won two NBA Finals with the Miami Heat, and Rick Carlisle, who's the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, who of course won an NBA championship. I believe in these coaches. I believe in these teams moving forward. But, they just couldn't make the list because they haven't lived up to my expectations so far this year. But I think by the end of it, those two teams could make huge waves in the postseason. Now let's start the list with number 8, the Denver Nuggets. They may be the sixth seed in the West, but moving forward, I believe in them more than the teams that have better records right now, like the Spurs and Trailblazers. They went to the conference finals last year, and Nikola Jokic is playing like an MVP, and Jamal Murray plays at his best in the big moments and when the stage is at his highest. He is the key to their success moving forward. Last year, he had two 50-point games in the postseason against the Utah Jazz, and if he plays like that again, he can take them back to the Eastern Conference Finals. They are coached by an excellent coach in Mike Malone. They have a really good nucleus. And Michael Porter Jr. is healthy and finally playing well. So I think the Denver Nuggets are a team to look out for moving forward. So they are at the eighth spot. At number seven, I'm putting the Phoenix Suns, who have shown that their success in the bubble was legit. The addition of Chris Paul has been huge for Devin Booker. They are a fun team to watch. And the key to them moving forward is DeAndre Ayton. If he can consistently play like an elite big man, then the Suns can make noise in the postseason, and they won't just be a cute story. They can become a legitimate threat to make the Western Conference Finals, because if DeAndre Ayton plays at where he was drafted, then the Suns will have a big free of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. And to have a big free, I think at this point in the season, would be huge, because most teams in the NBA have great duos, but the 
Suns have the potential to have a legitimate big three, something that most teams don't have. They're coached by Monty Williams, who should be the leading candidate for coach of the year. I think the Phoenix Suns are a fantastic story, and I think they can make waves in the postseason. Chris Paul almost was able to accomplish this with the Oklahoma City Thunder with Shea Gillisley-Alexander, but I think he will have even more success with this Phoenix Suns roster. At number six is the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I know this is a team that's been the number one seed in the Eastern Conference each of the last two years, but I just don't feel great about the Milwaukee Bucks. They still have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's a two-time MVP. He won Defensive Player of the Year. They are still an elite team when it comes to the Eastern Conference, but when I look at their chance to win an NBA Finals, you can't feel great about it. Yes, they added Drew Holiday. Yes, Bobby Portis has played surprisingly well coming off the bench for the Bucks. But at the end of the day, if the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win an NBA championship, Chris Middleton is going to have to play like a superstar in the NBA postseason. It feels bad to say, but their chances of winning a championship rest on the hands of Chris Middleton because Giannis Antetokounmpo cannot do it all on his own. And yes, maybe Drew Holiday will be a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, but I think at the end of the day, it's all going to be about Chris Middleton. If he can play like a legitimate star player in the postseason, then the Miami Heat can win a championship. If he can't, then it will be all about Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that won't be enough for the team moving forward. I don't know how you can look at this Bucks team right now and feel great about their chances of winning an NBA championship. Of course, they're still one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, but right now, I just don't feel like they can go further than the Eastern Conference Finals. I would be shocked if the Milwaukee Bucks made the NBA Finals. That might be a surprise for some people, but I would be surprised if they were able to make it to an NBA Finals. I think their ceiling right now is an Eastern Conference Finals. Coming in at number five are the LA Clippers, who have been very good after a disappointing year last season. They have both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are both playing at a great level in new additions. Luke Kennard, Serge Ibaka, and Nicholas Batum have all been good fits. But the key to this team being legitimate contenders will be Paul George playing the way he is right now in the postseason. And I won't take them seriously until I see that happen. And if I were them, I would trade both Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams and draft picks for Kyle Lowry, a guy who's become clutch and in my eyes would make them favorites to at least make the conference finals. That's a trade that the Clippers need to make drastically and upgrade at the point guard position. Patrick Beverly's a good defender. Lou Williams is a good scorer. Well, guess what? Kyle Lowry is good at both things. If I were the LA Clippers and I want to be taken seriously, I would make that trade for Kyle Lowry. He, of course, won an NBA championship with Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka, and he would be a great addition to the LA Clippers, and he would take a lot of the pressure off of Paul George, and the Clippers would become a big three instead of a tandem who I really don't have a lot of faith in winning the NBA championship. So if I were the LA Clippers, I would be desperate to make that move and get Kyle Lowry on that roster. If the Clippers got Kyle Lowry, I would take them a lot more seriously than I do right now. But that being said, I do think they're a nice story. They were a mess last year. They've been a lot more consistent. Tyron Lue deserves to be a head coach in this league after winning a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I still think they are a nice story, but I don't look at them as legitimate contenders to win the NBA Finals. But if they got Kyle Lowry, 
Lowry, my mood about them would change drastically. At number four is the Philadelphia 76ers, who have been a pleasant surprise. Joel Embiid is finally playing at the MVP level that we all thought were possible. He has the most 40-point, 10-rebound games in the NBA right now. He has played at an MVP level, and right now he might be the favorite to win the award. It's finally become his team. Ben Simmons is a big part of it, but this is Joel Embiid's team, and they've added shooters around him with Seth Curry, Danny Green, and Tobias Harris. They have legitimate shooters around Joel Embiid. That's how you get to the NBA Finals with an elite big man. We saw that with Dwight Howard. He played at an MVP level, and they were able to get to the NBA Finals because they had elite level three-point shooting around him with Rashad Lewis, Keto Turgaloo, Jameer Nelson. You put shooters around an elite big man, and you're going to have success. And that's why the Philadelphia Sixers are having success. And the keys for them making a splash in the postseason is Embiid needs to play like this during the postseason. If he can do that, if he can be as unstoppable as he is right now, then this team should easily be able to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And that would be my prediction. Right now, I think the Philadelphia Sixers are going to make a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals. And Doc Rivers deserves a huge amount of credit. He has been a huge upgrade over Brett Brown. And this duo of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are finally living up to their potential as a duo. We both know that they were star players, but now we are seeing you can win a lot of games and be a competitive team with both of them together. They are not only a good team, they are a team that I look at as a legitimate threat to make it to the NBA Finals. And that's something I didn't think I would be saying at this point in the season because last year they were lackluster. Now they feel like a real basketball team, not just two stars. At the third spot, I'm putting the reigning champions LA Lakers. They have had a really good season. Of course, they made huge additions in Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, but they are not the best team in the NBA right now. And LeBron James is asking to handle too much of the load. And of course, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Anthony Davis is out right now. And the keys to them going back to the NBA Finals and winning the NBA Championship rest in his hands. If Anthony Davis can come back and play at an elite level, then the Lakers are legitimate title contenders. But if he comes back and looks injured and misses more time, the Lakers have zero chance. And yes, I know LeBron James is an MVP candidate, but you look at his career, he might be able to make the NBA Finals without a star, but at this point in his career, I do not think he can carry a team to the NBA Finals. He needs Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the key to the Lakers. They have a really good team when Anthony Davis is there, but I really do think it's as simple as looking at the Lakers and going, that is a two-man team. Yes, Dennis Schroeder is a nice player. Montrez Harrell is a nice player, but winning titles and being legitimate contenders still rest in the hands of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. People are talking about how LeBron James is still playing an extraordinary level, and that's rightfully so, but it feels like people are forgetting how dominant Davis was in the postseason last year, and if the Lakers don't get that Davis back, in my opinion, they have 0.0 chance of winning the NBA Finals. Their entire season is all about AD. Another thing I want to point out when it comes to the Lakers is LeBron and AD are really the only two people on the roster who have had major postseason success. I mean, Kuzma was part of that team. He had some moments in the postseason, but a 
lot of those guys that were part of that championship last year, McGee is gone, Dwight Howard's gone, Rondo's gone, so you're asking newcomers, Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, to carry a lot of the load in the postseason, and there are some question marks. Schroeder is a really good scorer. Can he play an elite level in the postseason? I don't know. Montrez Harrell won sixth man of the year last year. Can he play an elite level in the postseason? I don't know. It's a wait-and-see approach when it comes to the Lakers. They don't have that same nucleus that won the championship last year, but I think they can make up for all of that if Anthony Davis comes back and plays at an elite level. They are still serious contenders if that happens, and probably the favorites to win the championship. If Anthony Davis comes back and plays like the Anthony Davis of last year, I think there's no question the Lakers can win a championship and probably will. At number two, I have the Brooklyn Nets, who despite having a rookie head coach in Steve Nash, have three of the best 15 players in the NBA, and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And oh, by the way, the best three-point shooter in the league right now in Joe Harris. And it's funny how people's opinions on James Harden have already changed since he became a Nets, and now they view him as an MVP candidate. And look, two of those three stars, Durant and Irving, already have an NBA championship. So Harden's willingness to take a lesser role on this team is all about his need to win an NBA title. We've seen this in years past with like Ray Allen. Ray Allen is a good comparison when it comes to James Harden. Ray Allen was willing to take a lesser role with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to bring home an NBA championship. Chris Bosh was willing to take a lesser role with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James to win an NBA championship. James Harden is no doubt one of the greatest scorers to ever play the game, but he is willing to be the primary passer on this team because he is driven to win an NBA championship. And while I found his approach to get to the Nets despicable, I find his willingness to take a lesser role to win an NBA championship a little admirable. I mean, this guy could be the leading scorer in the NBA with his eyes shut, but he knows that that wouldn't win him an NBA championship. And at the end of the day, isn't that what this is all about? The key to the Nets, in my opinion, and many's opinions, is DeAndre Jordan. He needs to play like the elite defender that he has in years past, because if you look at the Nets, they don't have a lot of elite defensive players. So I think they will need DeAndre Jordan to play like the defensive player of the year he used to be, while they also need to make upgrades in the trade market and the buyout market. Yes, they should be in on Blake Griffin. They need to add big men. They need to add defenders. They need to be deeper than they are right now because a lot of their season depends on those free players, Durant, Irving, and Harden. And the more players you get, the more pressure you take off of your free superstars, the more of a chance you have to win an NBA title. I think the Brooklyn Nets have an excellent chance of making the Eastern Conference Finals. Right now, I think the Eastern Conference Finals are going to be the Brooklyn Nets versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think that's going to be a really great product for the NBA. Those two teams, and they're vastly different. And I think going into that series, I would favor the Brooklyn Nets because it's basically three on two. And Durant is going to ball out in the postseason. Kyrie is going to ball out in the postseason. And James Harden is going to ball out in the postseason because he's desperate to win an NBA championship. And right now, as I speak, the number one team in the NBA, in my opinion, is the Utah Jazz. You have to give credit. They are finally living up to the potential we all thought they were going to be last year. I mean, we looked at their offseason last year. They brought in Conley. 
They brought in Bogdanovich, and we all thought they were going to be legitimate Western Conference contenders, and then they weren't. But they bounced back in a big way this year. They have Donovan Mitchell, who is their best offensive player, Rudy Gobert, who is their best defensive player, Jordan Clarkson, who is the best scorer off the bench. He's averaging about 18 points per game off the bench. They have Quinn Schneider, an elite NBA head coach. This Utah Jazz is playing at the perfect level. They have three all-stars in Gobert, Donovan, Mitchell, and Mike Conley, who is an all-star for the first time, and he is the key to the Utah Jazz. If he can continue to play at this elite level, then the Utah Jazz can make a serious run winning the Western Conference. They should be the clear favorites if he keeps playing at this level, because him playing at this level puts a lot less pressure on Donovan Mitchell, along with Jordan Clarkson. Those two players scoring the ball puts a lot less pressure on Donovan Mitchell, who doesn't feel like he has to carry the load. It's kind of funny to point out that at every point, the Utah Jazz are a dominant team. They seem to have an elite guard and a big man. They had John Stockton and Carl Malone. They had Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer. And now they have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And it's kind of special that the Utah Jazz are where they are. That Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell have a great relationship right now. Because remember, Rudy Gobert infamously was mocking COVID-19 and then ended up getting it. So it's kind of interesting that the team has bounced back from that catastrophe and that they are still getting along. I find it quite impressive. I think Donovan Mitchell has been really professional about that situation and to see the Utah Jazz go on an 11-game winning streak and be the number one seed in the Western Conference right now is super impressive. The thing about the Jazz that's different from a lot of the other teams I just mentioned is that they really do feel like a team. Yes, Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. I would put Rudy Gobert in the star category. He's not a superstar. He doesn't do it for me offensively. Yes, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA, but I still think he's just a star. So they have one superstar, while a lot of those other teams I mentioned has about two or three. So the Utah Jazz are really relying on a team concept if they're going to win the NBA championship. They need guys like Bogdanovich, like Conley, and like Clarkson to ball out in the postseason if they're going to make it to the NBA Finals. And I think there is a possibility that that could happen. And who wouldn't want to see a Western Conference Finals matchup with Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert? Could Gobert stop Anthony Davis on national television in the Western Conference Finals? Who wouldn't want to see that matchup? Can Donovan Mitchell go up against LeBron James? I mean, one of the most infamous moments so far in the NBA season is Shaquille O'Neal telling Donovan Mitchell that he doesn't have enough to be a superstar player in the NBA. That was such a stupid moment because right now as I see it, Donovan Mitchell is one of the best, if not the best two guard in the NBA right now. And it was ridiculous for Shaquille O'Neal to say that to Donovan Mitchell after playing an elite game where I think he scored about 35 points. I think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz have an excellent chance to make it to the Western Conference Finals 
and possibly the NBA Finals because they are the most complete team in basketball right now and maybe at the trade deadline they could get even deeper. So just to recap, here are the eight teams I think right now are the eight best teams in the NBA. At number eight, the Denver Nuggets. At seven, the Phoenix Suns. At six, the Milwaukee Bucks. At five, the LA Clippers. At four, the Philadelphia 76ers. At three, the LA Lakers. At two, the Brooklyn Nets. And at number one, the Utah Jazz. And the most exciting thing about that list is all of those teams have realistic chances of at least making the Western Conference Finals. There is no prohibitive favorite. I think the second half of the NBA season is going to be even more exciting than the first half. And I cannot wait for the NBA postseason to start. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>